Whether we're talking about the fear of failure or anything else holding you back, confidence is the key to unleashing your power. Welcome to Confident with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. Join our conversations with fierce female leaders and explore how you can become more confident. Welcome to episode two, Banish Self-Doubt, sponsored by New Renew Brand Marketing. Welcome, welcome everyone. I'd like to start today by saying for what it's worth that my vote would have gone to Greta Thunberg for a Nobel Peace Prize. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, Melinda Gates recently committed a billion dollars to promote gender equality. That's a significant vote of confidence that women's potential is worth investing in. So cheers to both of them. Cheers to progress. I'm also excited about this podcast, which gives us a platform to shine a light on fierce female leaders and to spark conversation on how we can all feel more confident. We are tackling important topics like the fear of failing, fear of public speaking, and body positivity. Let's get started. So today we are talking with Julia Strayer. Julia is a senior vice president and wealth management advisor at Merrill Lynch with over 30 years of financial experience. She has appeared on CNBC's Power Lunch, CBS This Morning, Women in Business, and in addition, she's had many featured articles in USA Today. She has also hosted Women and Money Roundtable discussions throughout her career, and she's an adjunct professor at New York University. Wow. Welcome to Confident, Julia. Thank you very much. So, Julia, we just recently met, but I feel like we instantly bonded over our mutual passion for girls' leadership and gender equality. And your background and your commitment to women and money and women in leadership is, is so amazing to me. And you shared many enthralling perspectives about what's holding women back in the workforce. And I'm really interested in exploring that topic more today and hearing more of your perspective. Um, just to start, can you just tell us a little bit about kind of your background and kind of how you grew so interested in this topic? Well, I think I've always been interested in money. When I was young, my um, my father sort of tricked me into <laughs> learning about money. That was back before computers, and we had that green graph paper that uh, had all yeah. the little tiny lines. Remember and that? <laughs> he asked me to put all of the household expenses on there because he said he needed it for taxes, which I found out later was just a big <laughs> lie, but it really helped me understand how a household was run, where the money uh, went to, um, and how to account for it. Smart, smart man, smart yeah, father. Yeah. You know, as a, as a young woman, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. And I'm intrigued by your career path. After studying journalism at Ohio State, you received your MBA from NYU and then your MFA from Sarah Lawrence College. Can you talk about who and what, you know, inspired an, that career? Such an interesting yeah. combination. Um, another father story. Um, he uh, was an architect, and that is part engineer and part artist. Mm -hmm. And so to be a financial person and a writer is kind of the same to me, part math, mm -hmm. part words. And it gives me some balance. But I um, became a journalism major because I knew I was going to get an MBA, and there was no sense in getting a business undergrad if I was going to get a graduate degree in business. Mm -hmm. And journalism was really great for undergrad, it yeah. taught me how to talk to people who were in senior positions and ask the right questions mm -hmm. and ask follow-up questions, mm -hmm. which is really helpful in any job. Um, and deep down, I knew I'd always go back for the MFA later, but I wanted the career 
um, in business first. Well, so I hope cool. Dad is listening today because he's getting a lot of shout outs. But yeah. I think it's so brilliant because I think you hear so often people describing themselves as either left-brained or right-brained and really limiting themselves. And what you're describing is really the importance of being so multifaceted and multidisciplinary to like have all those skills that you need to, to thrive and succeed. Yeah. I think it's helpful. The more you know, the more you have experience with, and the more life can be fun. I love the balance. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's focus on our topic today, which is banish self-doubt. So when we met, Julia, I asked you, what do you see as the top thing holding young women back in the workforce today? And without hesitation, you responded, self-doubt. And of course, the shortage of female confidence is well quantified and well documented. And compared with men, women don't consider themselves as ready for promotions. They predict they'll do worse on tests, and they generally underestimate their abilities. You know, I've seen this so much, literally just at the high school level, you know, in class, like guys will raise their hand more. They'll volunteer for um, positions and presentations more. And girls, they know they're smart, but either they think it's better for them to dumb themselves down for everyone else, or they just want to be 100% sure of the answer before raising their hand, which mm. leads to a lack of girls participating. Hmm, that's so interesting. So, Julie, can you talk to us about how you see this playing out in the workforce? It happens at the college level. I see it with students. Um, and it happens, it certainly happens in the workforce. And I hate to say that it's happened to me. Hmm. Um, you know, going to investment conferences, there are very few women. Mm -hmm. And even with an MBA and a big job, I usually do not raise my hand. And I'm aware of not raising my hand. I'll wait. Yeah until after the presentation and walk up and ask the speaker after. And that's just a difference. And I'm okay as long as I get my question answered, but I know I do that. So I have to be careful about it. But it's like when um, uh, we do presentations for women to teach them financial literacy, I usually like to have women only because not that there's anything yeah. wrong with mm -hmm. men being yeah, there, mm -hmm. but women don't talk as yeah. much when there are men there. That's on us. Right. Yeah. As women, we need to do better at right. that. So we, of course, at Live Girl also believe in the safe spaces, the girls-only space to build confidence. But again, we do then need to launch those girls and young women out into the co-ed world. So what tips do you have on yeah. pushing past that self-doubt and developing that skill? We have to, as women, change the way we talk to ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, we expect to be perfect all mm -hmm. the time, yeah. and we don't need to be perfect. Um, and I think the best thing that we can do is recognize when we're not talking nicely to ourselves. When I see other, when, I get this a lot from students and new people at work um, when I'm training new women, and they just... I ask them, would you talk to a friend the way mm -hmm. you're talking yeah. about yourself yeah. right now? And they say, oh, gosh, no, I'm not. No, that would make me a bad friend. And I'm like, well, then why are you talking about yourself and talking to yourself in that way? So the first thing I would say is recognize that you're doing it because you will believe what you're being told. And the second thing is then stop, stop doing it and start changing the dialogue and say, I can do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I read a really interesting article just yesterday on self-identity and how at a young age we decide who we are. Mm -hmm. And then we perpetuate that behavior so that we become mm -hmm. more of that. And if we choose the right identity as a younger person and carry that with us, 
that will go a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Olivia, the self-talk is so important. And, 100%. And at Live Girl, we have an affirmation that we say a lot. I'm smart. I'm oh, strong. Yeah. I'm special. But even we do that in our house. I mean, do, yeah. you, do you have a positive mantra that you use? I mean, you know, not specifically. I mean, I've really grown attached to the I'm smart, I'm strong, I'm special one because it is just so uplifting. Like, you know, we say it, you know, if you just look at, if you're having a bad day and you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I'm smart, I'm strong, I'm special, or whatever positive mantra that you have, that will uplift yourself. And that will, it's really like a mind over matter thing. And it's so interesting going back to the earlier point that you made that sometimes you feel... that self-doubt too, which is really imposter syndrome. Like you've heard that it's a big, big kind of term. And and most people think of that as a bad thing, but actually there've been like research and studies that most CEOs have imposter syndrome, but they actually use it to fuel their self-growth and self-development in a positive manner. Have you ever had any opportunities to grow, as we call them at Live Girl? Yes, um, I certainly have. I've had a big failure, which was a great opportunity to grow. Uh, I was probably in my 30s at the time. I had the MBA. I was vice president of marketing. And we, I had been asked by a major research corporation to fly to Chicago for a big presentation to show other marketing people what we did with their research. And I got there and I had done a lot of public speaking, so it wasn't that, but I started to think, oh, these people are real marketing people. (laughs) Yes, that's that's exactly right. These are real marketing people who clearly know more than I do and what am I doing here? And I didn't sleep and I sort of created um, my own problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the next day I did not do well. And it took going through that, and I'm really grateful it happened because it will never happen again. Mm-hmm. I finally had a serious talk with myself. That's probably the first serious talk I ever had with myself. And that was um, no one in that room knew more than I did about yeah. what project that was and how we used that research. And shame on me for allowing that to happen and never again. And I always go back to that moment whenever I'm... Um, worried about some new thing I'm doing and say, I am not doing that again. And I have talks with myself, you know, whenever (laughs) I'm feeling that. And I say, you've been here before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have overcome this before. You can do this. What is it that I'm afraid of? What is actually likely to occur? And I think that a lot of women don't understand how normal this is. Right, right. It's normal. You just have to talk yourself off of that ledge and don't mm-hmm. talk yourself onto the ledge to begin with. Yeah. Right. Such an amazing point and why I want to thank you as such a successful leader that you're coming and sharing with our community that this is normal and healthy and here's what you can do about it. At Live Girl, we teach girls to say when they fail, like, I'm not there yet, but I will get there. Mm-hmm. And then to set small yeah. goals and to take small steps in, in, in that positive direction. So thank you for being so honest and, and sharing that. Um, and, you know, just to, you know, focus this a little bit more back on your career, studies show that women lack confidence specifically in making financial decisions. And I know how committed you are to coaching women in this area. Uh, you've led, we talked about this a little bit before, women and money roundtables throughout your career. Can you talk about the importance of financial literacy for women a little bit? Women, in order to have self-confidence, they have to be confident in many different areas. Mm-hmm. And I think that Having um, some sort of education or knowledge in one area helps the next. And so 
Financial literacy is critical because if a woman can manage her money and has a paycheck, yeah. then she has control mm -hmm, of where yeah. she lives, how her children will be raised. Um, it all goes towards self-value. Women mm -hmm. don't yeah. value themselves the way they should. Mm -hmm. And promoting financial education for girls is especially important. So they are capable of making informed financial decisions later. You know, I, I mean, I feel like I don't really know that much about finan finance. And I feel like, I mean, that's something I could learn more about. So how can we change the common fear of money to money is your friend and will do what you tell it to do? You know, that's a hard one because yeah. um, I've been trying to get to younger women yeah. to teach them mm -hmm. about the basics, but younger women, uh, the, the younger generations, the millennials and the Gen Z, they like to do things themselves on the internet yeah. or on apps is rather than interacting yeah. with people. And so they don't seek that out, yeah. that information out. Um, so I'm not sure how to get yeah. to them. Uh, I also, I saw a study recently about the number of magazine pages directed toward women and the percentage that even deal with financial matters is less than 1%. Wow. wow. And then the question is, are the publishers giving young women what they think they want or do young women yeah. really not want information about money? Right. Well, it's like a self-fulfilling bias yeah. cycle, right? Yeah. So, right. Definitely. So, you know, girls may think that I don't like math and I'm not good with finance or money. And then the again, bad self-talk, you know, bad self-talk, but then the media serves that up to them. And yeah. so it reinforces that be belief in the first place. Oh, let's keep stick yeah. to the popular culture. Topics math is then. your friend. Yeah. <laughs> math is your friend. Um, you know, one thing I would say with that research has proven, like even if you try one hour of coding or just if you try a financial literacy class with Julia Strayer, <laughs> you may become a financial whiz, right? Just try it. Give it a try. Yeah. You don't know until you try. So one last question I have. I know that you've um, interestingly built a female team at, at Merrill Lynch. You've recently added your first male em employee, but can you just talk to you about your commitment to developing the next generation of female financial leaders? I think it's so important for women to help other women. And in an industry that is so male dominated, I figure the men will be fine <laughs> and true. they will find yeah. their way. And men are good. We always make fun of men for not asking directions, but the reality is men do find their way to where they want to go. And women sometimes get stuck. Mm -hmm. So I think I can help with that. And that's why I have focused on building a team of women. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Oh, here, yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we agree. We agree. We need more female mentors stepping up to mentor the next generation. So thank you. So, okay, well, we are toward the end of our podcast and we always love to end our podcast with a fun speed round of questions. Um, are you ready to I'm play ready. with us? I'm ready. All right. What's your favorite snack food? I would have to say cheddar cheese and some salty tortilla chip. <laughs> okay, salty. Uh, what's your favorite way to relax and take care of yourself? I will take a nap any oh, yeah. opportunity yeah. I get. Restorative powers of napping. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Okay, now, I don't know how speedy this will be, but um, <laughs> I have to say I feel really lucky that I think I already have a superpower. I was talking earlier about identity and self-identity, and when I was younger, I sat around thinking, all right, who am I going to be? I had to be under 10 years old when I did this, and I 
knew I wasn't the prettiest girl in the room or the best singer or the best dancer or the richest or the whatever, however you est yourself. Mm -hmm. And I decided what I could be and what I could consistently be is the person who works the hardest. That's, and that yeah. turned out to be hugely advantageous because, again, I was talking earlier about that self-identity mm -hmm. and how we continue to support whatever it is we think we are. Right. Yeah. As soon as I labeled myself as the hardest worker, every time I had a problem, I said, well, I'm the hardest worker, so I'm just going to work harder at yeah. this. And the reality is it isn't always the smartest people who win. It's the ones with the perseverance to do it again. So I feel really blessed that I've decided that I'm that person. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is a superpower. I that, see that. Mighty is, Julia yeah. has yeah. just defined a new superpower. <laughs> yeah. It's the hardworking super yeah. agent. I love that. Um, okay, next question. Who is the one person you'd most like to invite to dinner? I would have to say um, the writer Eudora Welty. Oh, okay. I, tell us more about her. Yeah. <laughs> she, has a she was a uh, writer in the South uh, in the early part of the 1900s, mm -hmm. early to mid. And she had a way of creating honesty and resonance on the page that I covet. Sarah, Sarah Lawrence, you have an excellent MFA student here <laughs> talking about literature. Um, okay, and just to wrap up, we have a segment called I'll Have What She's Having. We'd love to hear from you about uh, what are you reading right now to inspire our listeners. I read a lot of short story books, and I'm reading two right now. One by Edgar Carrot called mm -hmm. Fly Already. They're very short, what is called flash fiction. And a brand new book out, which I'm very excited about, uh, Black Light. Uh, by mm. Kimberly King Parsons. Hmm. Sounds okay. very Writing those down. Yeah. <laughs> what are you watching right now? I don't watch. Mm. I hear from my friends there's lots of good TV <laughs> out there, but I don't have time to yeah. watch yeah. any of that given everything I'm doing. So I'd say I watch more CNBC for the business <laughs> news than anything else. Just And every now and then I'll pop into HGTV to see who's doing what with the house. <laughs> That's and who is inspiring you right now? Um, I am really inspired by all the young people I see now yeah. who are out there um, doing some sort of activism, mm -hmm. trying to change the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think they're very brave and they're very smart and I wish that I could have been part of that when I was young. I feel like I missed something. So I'm very excited about everything that's yeah. going on. The young people today really, they've got it together. Yeah, I, I agree. And you're a part of it now with yes. our podcast. Yeah. And you're part of our movement to build confident leaders here in Connecticut. So thank you so much, Julia, for not only today, but just for your immediate yeah. and um, ongoing support of Live Girl. And just for our listeners, if you have a topic or a role model that you want us to feature in the future, we'd love to hear from you. And you can email us at confident at golivegirl.org, which is go, L-I-V-E, girl.org. And hey, can we ask you a favor? If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. So to close, I'm Sherry West. And I'm Olivia. And we hope that you feel more confident after today's episode. We leave you with a final thought that we all have to bump into the walls before we find the light, but never doubt your ability to find the light.